Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Variant Cast. I'm here with the co-founder and only other member of the Jeremy Allen White Fan Club. Trent, how you doing today? Doing good. Uh, just uh, just repping Jeremy Allen White every day of my life, you know? And uh, hey, this, ja. this is the place to do it. Ja is law. Got it tatted on my sleeve. We are back at it again with some content. This time we got some Scott Pilgrim versus the world first yeah. time watch. Uh, you probably aren't going to find two 24 year old dudes that have not seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world because it kind of came out right in our wheelhouse. We were 14 yeah. uh, when it came out, but both of us were just like, nah, I don't need to see it. It's yeah. got that weird Michael Sarah dude. He kind of looks like a rat. I don't know if I'm down with that, <laughs> uh, but watched it today and it's a, uh, it's pretty good yeah i enjoyed it yeah so uh obviously directed by edgar wright i think this is probably the movie a lot of people think of when they think of edgar wright movies interestingly enough um and it definitely has that kind of visual uh appeal to it as well as just kind of his fingerprints all over it in that sense uh but it's it's an interesting movie because like he I, when I was kind of looking up some reviews after watching it, um, very rangy in, I think the, I don't want to say correct opinion because whatever opinion you have on this movie is whatever. Uh, I think the most balanced take is it's a, it's a good movie uh, that is entertaining, but it doesn't have a whole lot of substance story-wise. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really matter. Because there's just so much going on on the screen that uh, if it had a story, it would be incoherent. So it kind of doesn't really have too much of a story. And yeah. that's uh, an interesting kind of aspect of it. What do you think of the movie? Yeah, it's like it's a very interesting uh, like premise. And like you said, there isn't I feel like there isn't a lot to the story. It's very basic. But um, yeah, I think that it does very well with like how it's visually represent uh, representing things as far as like the fight and like how people feel and how people uh, uh like like the thoughts that people have uh, i think that that was all like really well conveyed in the movie which i i guess you wouldn't really get that if it was jam packed with story right yeah, and I think a lot of the jokes uh, wouldn't really make sense if there was too much exposition on how these things worked, you know? Uh, you, yeah. get a, you get a little bit into it uh, about being vegan or whatever, <laughs> uh, yeah. their crutches. But they, they don't go too far into it, and it's more, more just kind of played for uh, laughs most of the time. Uh, I will say, like, uh, the, the parts I, I really liked were just the interactions between the band i think that the band didn't get enough show in it i obviously already can't remember their names even though i watched it 20 minutes ago yeah. uh other than neil i remember young neil uh, yeah, or neil. or uh, neil as he came to be at the end <laughs> yeah there was um was there somebody named like hugh or something maybe <laughs> definitely might have been stills i have the imb imdb in front of me right now and i don't even know 
Kim. Yeah. Kim and uh, really great names all around in this in this movie. <laughs> Knives Chow. Great name. Hey, Gideon Graves, perfect name. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> awesome name. Uh, yeah. but then there's uh Kirian Culkin's character is like almost the best character, but also he's there for no reason yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Uh it's a really interesting kind of you kind of think that he's gonna have an arc at some point there's yeah. never an arc with him yeah uh and that's fine I, th- I don't think most of these characters have arcs i think the only one that has an arc is scott and then maybe knives and uh ramona but pretty much everyone else is uh just kind of there as comedic relief and that's obviously fine it's like it comes in at about an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes so uh, not a whole lot of time to do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think just visually extremely strong. Um, all the things that I gave props to like the Marvels about where the, the pacing's kind of weird, but like you're never bored. This is it done like correctly, <laughs> not yeah. just stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, this is paced well, I think, in the sense that if you're going to not have a story, if you're going to have like just the these objectives where it's almost laid out like a video game, I guess yeah. that's kind of a perfect way to describe it. It's like a video game story as a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, video game stories have always been kind of notoriously shallow. Uh, they have to fit in like these weird collectibles or just like missions. So like the seven deadly X's or whatever um, yeah. is is there. <laughs> Uh, there's a bit of dated humor in it, which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the part that's probably most noticeable is just the, the stuff with, uh, how they treat the bi character, uh, as purely (laughs) like a sexual conquest, which is just something you don't really see anymore, but that's 2010, baby. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot of the uh ways that i don't know i I liked all the like all the different uh exes and how they all had like their different uh their different backstories and even though that they didn't really they didn't really have an they didn't really have an arc but um which um we'll get we'll maybe get into the the new tv show at a later date but um i think all these things that you're saying ty i think you'd really enjoy the i think you'd really enjoy the tv series well, that's what I was kind of thinking is like, um, in, in case you're wondering, we, we watched this because we wanted to talk about the TV series uh, as it just came out on Netflix, but uh, we neither one of us had seen it. So yeah, uh, we're watching uh, this movie and then uh, I'll have all eight episodes watched by next week. So if you're interested in the thoughts on the TV show. Uh, but yeah, I was sitting there thinking while watching it, like the animated kind of like flashbacks where she's like talking to um like talk she's like explaining the x's and it's like in this animated style like those were some of the best parts of the movie Mm -hmm. and i didn't even know that it was animated until i looked it up after and like that just solves 90 percent of my issues with the movie it being animated because like this just seems like it should be an animated movie yeah it's a very it's a very like looney tunes like world where it's just like anything like a man could come bursting through the ceiling and then like the, like this skinny, like 
a scrawny kid could just like you know just punch him back so yeah it really like it really is like anything anything could happen but it's a it's it's really fun yeah and i i love that they kind of ease you into it like the start um they they kind of play with doorways a lot in the movie uh and i think that's some of the coolest shots they have are with the doorways uh, but they also like have this one scene where he's at a party and he's like, have you seen this girl? And it's Ramona. And it's just like a, it's like, oh yeah. He's like, oh yeah, that's Ramona. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. This guy, hey, there's people with like mythical abilities. And then I find out later on that, yeah, there are people with mythical abilities. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just didn't somehow didn't have this movie spoiled for me in the last 10 years, but, uh, it, it's really good i would recommend it if you haven't seen it it's definitely like a piece of uh pop culture uh with it with its flaws and everything i uh, don't expect to go in watching this like groundbreaking like story or anything yeah. uh but if you if you want to get high get drunk relax with a few friends and watch something stupid uh it's it's well-made stupidity and that's i think a, a pretty big compliment for it yeah who uh who do you think was was your favorite performances in it? I mean, I pretty much any time Kieran McCulgan's in anything, yeah. I fucking love him. Uh, but I got it. I I am not a hundred percent sure the point of Aubrey Plaza's character, Julie. Don't yeah. really understand. Uh, kind of felt like she there was a scene at the end that should have been had. That just wasn't had. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's like a director's cut of this movie or something, or just like there's probably deleted scenes. Uh, I imagine if this movie was like 20 minutes longer, it might be more coherent, but it also might be worse. So who knows? Uh, I really liked uh, Ellen Wong as Knives Chow. It was. She was really great. She was really, really good. It almost feels like the movie would have been better with her as the main character. Yeah. Uh, and you can keep the title Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but like, I feel like she had a, just a more interesting kind of arc to me. Uh, like that one scene of her dyeing her hair blue with her friend that is just never named or, or gets, oh, yeah. gets the line. Uh, and then she gets the highlights uh, smacked out of her, uh, which was also uh, enjoyable. So yeah, uh, if I had to give it to anyone, gotta give it to uh, Kieran Culkin. Yeah, Kieran Culkin's really great. I also really like Brandon Routh as uh, as Todd, even though he only was he was only in it for a short bit. The dude with the white hair. <laughs> oh right, right. Yeah, no, he killed it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pretty much everyone killed their role. Like uh, uh, Chris Evans as whatever his name was. I knew Lucas he was in this movie. I thought he had a more prominent role. So I was yeah. just kind of like just waiting for Just because the way that people talk to... about it. And then people are like Chris Evans and in, in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. But no, it's it's basically a glorified cameo. Yeah. Uh, or he gets pretty much the same amount of play as any of the other exes. Maybe a little bit more than the first guy, a little bit less than everyone else, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's there. He's sure there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I loved the end bit with the microchip. Yeah. Uh, that was just like, well, the ending's incredibly weird. Spoilers for a 10 year old movie. That is like a cultural 
like moment in time, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the ending is one of the weirdest things ever uh, where like she, Ramona leaves Scott. Then it is later revealed in a dream that they established earlier in the movie that they could communicate through dreams. Uh, it is revealed in her dreams that she has a microchip that like is altering her thoughts. Uh, so she can't get him out of his head or out of her head. Uh, and then that's like just never elaborated on how how he did he installed whatever whatever. There's a lot of things that aren't elaborated on. Uh, and then he kills him, and that deactivates the microchip because he's dead. It was one of those death-based microchips, luckily. And <laughs> then, <laughs> and then like he has to fight himself. Like they set it up, like oh, now you have to fight your real enemy and it's like nega scott and they kind of set it up like he's gonna fight him and i knew they were gonna do some sort of joke because it's like they very obviously had the climax of the movie they weren't gonna have another big fight scene that would be silly uh and that sure enough they kind of cut away and then they both just go off into the world. Um, I do want to know, is that elaborated on at all in the animated show? So you, other like, him show up. You're just you, like, you're, uh, I, I haven't got to that point in the, in the show yet, but you're going to you like the, the animated show. It's like a completely different story. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it, it kind of it retells like the seven X's thing. Yeah, you'll just have to you'll okay. you'll just have to see. Gotcha. I don't gotcha. want to spoil anything. All good, all good. I just was I was just wondering if there it was like a continuation or it was a reboot. Or not a reboot, but just like a retelling. because uh, this is an adaptation, right? From a comic book. Yeah. So it's it like it's explained in the it's explained in the TV show. <laughs> okay yeah cool cool so i'll i'll get on that i'll probably watch a few episodes tonight yeah uh and i'll, I'll have that by next episode but it's hard to explain but like, <laughs> yeah i get you overall i would give it like a three and a half out of five if uh if you check out my letterbox uh that's what it'll likely have it's yeah. enjoyable i'll watch it again um but it didn't really in 2010, I'll, I guess that's the tough part is like if I watched this in 2010, I think I would have been a lot more like blown away by the visuals and yeah. just like, like, whoa, video game graphics in, in a movie, yeah, in a big budget movie. Two years before uh, Pixels came out. I mean, come yeah, on. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Pixels is the true innovator. Uh, what, what is up with the cast here? Like how why is this cast so insane i don't know i think that like right time Edgar right yeah Edgar Wright isn't even known like I, I feel like he wasn't even really known for like he was known for like Shaun of the dead but that yeah. was like a really small movie but yeah this this cast is just insane wild stuff i i mean i i will forever be upset at the mcu for not making things work for Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man's a fine movie, 
but I really think it could have been one of like the best MCU movies ever yeah. if Edgar Wright was on it. Uh, just because at that time, I mean, right now, honestly, get Edgar Wright in here. Yeah. <laughs> right now, we we need him. Uh, but at that time, it really feels like it would have been something that uh, would have really popped off. Uh, yeah, that's definitely. peak MCU, James Gunn's Guardians. And then if you had Edgar Wright's Ant-Man right there next to it, yeah. Uh, that would have been that would have been and especially crazy. yeah especially if it, if you would have done it before guardians if you would have done it phase like phase one or phase two i guess that, I, I guess he kind of was no he wasn't introduced till phase three i don't think maybe at that very well, end of at the I, very end of two I but think... it was originally planned to be like like a iron man style origin story yeah i think it was supposed to be earlier i think it was supposed to be at the end of two or like it was going to be the movie right after ultron or something i don't remember that was like a hundred years ago at this point yeah. uh but major missed opportunity probably you could probably make a list of the mcu's missed opportunities when it comes to uh directors and i kind of wanted to talk about some of those uh, yeah. as we get into the Phase six of the MCU. I guess we're not there yet, obviously. Uh, but or I guess, yeah, no. Phase five ends in 2015. We got phase six coming up. And I think phase six, if you look at it and you're like, okay, phase five is going to be a wash. We uh, we fucked up phase five. Yeah. Uh, I think you could definitely have a couple hits uh, with Deadpool 3, but Captain America Brave New World is currently has a mountain to climb and it also has like a bag of rocks on their back yeah while simultaneously trying to push a boulder up a hill <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is a insurmountable task i don't know how this movie is good yeah i i, I guess i could tell you how the movie's good it's a self-contained like I don't know, like war or crime movie, espionage movie. If you do that kind of stuff, it could be a good movie, but that's not what they're going to do. Yeah, This is going to be the Civil War before Endgame. That's what they need it to be. (laughs) And I don't know how they're going to do that. Obviously, Sebastian Stan will probably be in it. Uh, You're going to have Harrison Ford, Right or is yeah. he in? Okay, yep. I was he was Thunderbolts. They're both in. Or... They're both. They're Bucky's also in Thunderbolts. So oh, okay, there's gonna be a crossover. I'll, and I'll get to Thunderbolts uh, in a, in a minute. But uh, the director of Captain America: Brave New World is Julius uh, Ona. Julius Ona. Uh, he's directed four movies. And last one he directed was in 2019, and it was Loose, uh, which I have never heard of. Uh, The one he did that you have heard of is he directed The Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, He did not write or produce it like he did his other movies. Uh, It is the only one that he just directed, Uh, and I I think that's that's a good movie if I remember correctly. Which one? Cloverfield? No, no, never mind. Cloverfield Paradox is bad. I got that confused with something else. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox has a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 
Yeesh. Uh, so I think the, the MCU has definitely created kind of a trend of going after directors that uh, best best thing you'd say are no names. I like I don't think that's disrespectful. There's there's only about let let's be real. There's about thirty to forty directors that have like names that you're like whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. They got <laughs> yeah. It seemed like for a point in time. Marvel was good at finding directors that had like one or two projects that looked, that looked promising or right. uh, even, even Chloe Zhao who directed the Eternals. Uh, she, she like, she won a goddamn Oscar. The, yeah. She the, was like, like two years coming before. off a of best picture, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. So, so, and I'm pretty sure she signed on. She signed on to it. Actually, no, I, I think she signed on afterwards, but yeah, they had like a. I feel like they had a good record of getting people who uh, were relatively new, but could tell like grand stories, or or not like Peyton Reed, like with the first, like the first Ant Man, and even the second Ant Man, I th- I thought was I thought was good. Yeah. Yeah. And the quantum Quantum Mania, he just kind of felt like he was out of his depth. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of the best way to put it. Uh, I like Quantum Mania because I like Shark Boy and Lava Girl, uh, but that's not necessarily what you want from your um, hundreds of millions, millions of dollars uh, production. So, yeah. Um, it, it, go ahead. Oh, the I, I felt like one of the things that like was my problem with with Quantum Mania was it it felt like uh, after watching. Peyton Reed's episodes of the Mandalorian. They filmed all on the, they filmed all inside the, the led wall, the, uh, that right. they have in, at Disney now. And, uh, it felt like, like all of his Mandalorian episodes were kind of just like tests to see if he could like make a whole movie on, on that screen. And that's, that's really kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that that screen in particular is a big point of controversy inside like the Mandalorian discussion verse, uh, and it's definitely getting to the point where we just need a fucking home based or Earth based movie that has a superhero in it. It doesn't need to be this grand multiverse thing. It just needs to be a movie, yeah. and that's my biggest worry with brave new world is like Deadpool is going to do the multiverse stuff. Like we're going to get another like multiverse thing. And I think it's going to play well because it's going to be shitting on all the other multiverse things. And I think that's probably the best thing that they could have come out right now. But that being said, you're instantly going to go into brave new world. And then, then what, Yeah. what are you going to do? And I think that's their biggest kind of turning point of you know, the entire franchise, if you're going to reboot it at Secret Wars or not. And obviously those discussions are happening, but yeah, I, but then that goes into phase six and with phase six, you have two directors right off the bat with, uh, Matt Shackman and Jake, Sh- uh, going to pronounce this wrong. Shane, Shaner or something like that. Uh, 
And Matt Shackman has directed one movie called Cutback in 2014. And that is the last movie he's directed. But he also it had did Le- WandaVision. He did. He did. And that's where he's getting this. And he also did an episode of The Boys. So, you know, there's definitely something with Matt. Uh, and I, I would, I think there's definitely something with Jake as well. He's directing the Thunderbolts. He's like a music video director. He's a music video director from like the hip hop world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he we all know that, how that works out. Do you know who the <laughs> hey. other director was a famous uh, music video director? Oh, who? I'm, I, <laughs> Zach Snyder. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, he's just so removed from that. I just <laughs> just see him as a visionary at this point. Yes, facts. Uh, but he directed Paper Towns, which was like a Cara Delevingne movie in 2015. Yeah, and then he directed uh, Chance the Rapper's Magnificent Coloring World, which was <laughs> like a a tour album thing. And then he's going to be directing the Thunderbolts, uh, but. But don't worry, because he also d- directed the graduation music video by Benny Blanco oh, okay, okay. in Juice World. Yeah, <laughs> I like that music video. So good, good video. That that's cool. Uh, and then he directed one episode of Dave, predictably, uh, and one episode of Shameless. So he's done. He's been around. Things. He's done things. This is what is supposed to be his big break with the thunderbolts we'll see if that comes to fruition but i really think that the thunderbolts movie is a bit of a mistake uh not that i don't want to see it not that it won't be good but in the sense that we're still we still don't have a shang chi sequel we still don't have like movies for characters that like we're expected to have movies by now, but whatever. We saw that worked out with Black Widow. Maybe, maybe just don't make a movie for the sake of making a movie. Yeah. Uh, and if you do it, don't do it during a uh, pandemic. That uh, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Uh, but I I feel like the Shang Shang Chi thing is really like Shang Chi should have been. Yeah, he should have had two movies the, in in this phase. Shang Chi should have been the Iron Man. Like it really should have been two movies in four years. Yeah. They should have like greenlit the second one. Let's get going on that. And then release it like year, like maybe a year and a half later. Especially since it feels like they're doing like, like the weapons, like the 10 rings weapons are going to be like probably like Kang tech or something like that. Uh, Like the tech is going to be involved in, whatever's going on with the multiversal stuff. And it's like, I feel like you could have really built that up, especially if those are like your infinity stones. Yeah. Uh, Infinity stones were in every single movie leading up to it. And the Avengers were in every, like were the title, the titular characters. You knew who was going to be in the Avengers. Like we're sitting here not knowing who the Avengers are, and there's supposed to be an Avengers movie in 2026. So, 
Yeah. I guess, I guess they got a lot of explaining to do as we uh, we move forward into 2024 as we uh, wrap up what has been a interesting year in the world of entertainment with the actor and writer's strike that definitely messed some things up. Yeah. Um, messed some things so badly that uh, Sebastian Stan is now playing Donald Trump in a wild. How did we get here? I have no clue. He kind of I mean, when you put any two people like next to each other in a picture, I could always be like, ah, okay, I kind of see it. Yeah. So, like, I'm looking at a picture of them like next to each other. Right Did you now. see the picture of him as Donald Trump? I haven't. There's oh. a picture that just released. You got to look that up. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm going to see it. I'm just going to Google Sebastian Stan. I'm just hoping it comes up first. But, I mean, what a. What a role to take at this moment. Uh, yeah, with all all the things. Oh, and it's I like playing him in that. in like a an apprentice movie or something. He almost looks more like Boris Johnson in that wig. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does not really look like Donald Trump in that picture. But hey, I should be interesting i probably won't be watching that i'll be honest but who knows yeah have you watched uh, lady ballers i have not watched lady ballers yet i have to be getting on that because i have to like actually do that but god (laughs) man that that sounds rough that sounds like an act actual slog to get through uh but i'm gonna do it not tonight because i honestly rather watch the scott pilgrim uh yeah. show so i'm gonna wait do that the, wait for the donald trump movie to come out and then do a double feature <laughs> just kidding but I, uh, I don't yeah i was gonna say speaking of double features one that i saw in the theaters was uh barbie and oppenheimer which i watched oh, oppenheimer right. for the second time this week right right right, or, uh, right. days ago i saw they kind of I think it was Margot Robbie and someone else like talked about like the phenomena phenomenon that yeah. was Barbie Barbieheimer. It was her and Killian Murphy. They were on they were oh, actors and actors. Nice. Uh, th- there's a bunch of good. Uh, I think it's Vanity Fair does those, but it's uh, like great actors on actor interviews. They did one that was uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo that just came out. That was oh, good. That's, that's and cool. uh, they did Margot Robbie and Killian Murphy. And they were talking all about uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer and the phenomenon that went with it. And uh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, like I, that was a great point of, uh, I think that was, that was during the the summer. Uh, Great time to be uh, a fan of movies. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of discussion um, and every once in a while when, some stupid movie comes out. Everyone's trying to like do the next Barbie Heimer. Yeah. Um, I was, I was early on the Barbie being a uh, box office smash. Like I, once I heard Margot Robbie got cast, uh, cast, I was like, all right, this movie's going to do numbers, numbers. Then you hear Ryan Gosling. Okay. This movie's probably going to be good. It's going to do numbers, numbers. Uh, so I think Barbie would have, 
succeeded regardless of the Oppenheimer thing. I think that yeah. movie still probably does the same numbers that it does regardless. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe if a anything, little less. I think if anything, Oppenheimer benefited from it more. I, I think so. I think it... I don't think a lot of people knew what Oppenheimer was when it came out. I don't. It wasn't like a heavily marketed movie. Most Christopher Nolan movies aren't because they're just sold based on the fact that it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Which, if you're not like a white guy in your 20s to 30s, you don't care <laughs> about it being a Christopher Nolan movie. So, it's it was an interesting thing, and there everybody's. Even studio executives are trying to like capture the magic of Barbie Heimer. It'll never happen again. Yeah. You're never going to get that perfect of a setup at that perfect of a time because also like context matters. We had just spent the last two years in a pandemic when like we couldn't go to movies. Like 2023 was our first like, ah, COVID's dead. Yeah. We're getting lit and we're going to movies. Yeah. And Barbie's coming out. Christopher Nolan movies coming out. Yeah. They're coming out the same week. Ah, it's a double feature. And then the internet kind of just did what the internet does and did all the marketing for them. Took <laughs> on its own life. Yeah. Fucking Sony's upset about that. Like, yeah. Hey, so we had a viral meme stuff. and no box office success. What's up with that? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I rewatched Oppenheimer again. Uh, I hadn't seen it since since I did that double feature in the in the the theater. Um, okay. When I went to watch, uh, I wasn't planning that that day that I watched both of them to to actually do a double feature. Um, I was I was, I was flirting with the idea, but um, after watching, I, I think I watched Barbie. It was like a 10 a.m. showing or something. I was like, I was like, you know what? I'll just. Uh, I'll just I'll just go hit up I'll just go hit up Oppenheimer afterwards. Right, let's, right. let's do it. This is this is a once in a lifetime uh uh Barbenheimer event, you know. It's not right. the opening weekend isn't going to come again, so I got to I got to do it. So, and I do not regret it. Um I think that watching Barbie before Oppenheimer if you were to do a double feature would be the way to go because um I don't because like Oppenheimer I feel like leaves you with a lot to with like a lot to question like it's a it's it's a heavy it's a heavy plate to 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 sit through but um like barbie's a little bit lighter but i i do think that they that that they pair well together if we're talking about the double feature yeah yeah i mean i appreciate oppenheimer for uh i guess bringing uh some humanity to uh to nukes uh, nukes on for the longest time have uh, this kind of weird connotation with them, whereas some people understand what kind of atrocities they create, and some people think they're just a cool kill streak in Call of Duty. Uh, so you know, let's <laughs> try to try to widen that. Uh, speaking of Christopher Nolan, I did want to talk about uh, something that's uh, been on my mind, mm -hmm. uh, and it's Interstellar, okay. and it's a. I saw that it, it was a meme that was basically like a IQ like scale thing where it's like IQ averages. There's very few people that are like low IQ that are like 50 IQ or below. <laughs> and then everyone else is kind of in the 80 to, you know, 110 IQ range. And then 
the high IQ range, it goes back down. So it makes like this little hump, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the meme basically goes that the, the hump in the middle of just like the average IQ is uh, Interstellar is a masterpiece. <laughs> and then uh, the low IQ uh, doesn't understand the movie because uh, they're just too stupid to get it. Um, and it makes no sense. And then the high IQ also agrees the movie makes no sense. Uh, and I appreciate that because I've been having a conniption's not the right word, but I'm going to use the word conniption, uh, over interstellar and that movie's ending that movie's third act and everything. It upsets me. It's not good, and it ruins the movie for me, and I'm having a bad time with it all the time, and then I have to hear Nolan fans tell me, oh, you just didn't get it. You just didn't get it. Oh, go watch go watch an MCU movie. You just don't get it. I do get it. It's stupid, and it makes no sense. Uh, that is just my piece on that. Uh, Interstellar is uh, my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, even after- third. Even third after act even after Oppenheimer. third act <laughs> uh interstellar is is my favorite christopher nolan movie i'm i'm in agreement with you but i also think the third act's terrible yeah you know what uh you can't have everything <laughs> <laughs> i can though i can because i can i can i'm gonna make my own cut of the movie that just edits out the third act they they just it ends on the water planet they just uh, and the, you, they don't die necessarily. It just ends. It could just end. We don't have to have a weird scene of his daughter or being just old, or, or, or just like it ending with him just going into the black hole. Yeah, yeah. Just cut it there. Credits. <laughs> Boom. Don't do that weird stuff. Nah, dude. That oh. shit's dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, uh, I mean, yes. The. It is a little bit convoluted, but, uh, you know, when, when you're Chris Nolan and, uh, you can only fit so many minutes into, into an IMAX film camera, uh, things happen. Then let's just end it going through the black (laughs) hole. (laughs) Why, why did we waste those precious IMAX minutes on some old lady sitting in a bed dying? Like, what was that? What's the point? But like, if you if you don't get the black hole scene, then you don't get like the full circle. You don't get the full circle moment of the movie. The full circle of the mo- moment of the movie doesn't make any sense, though. What do you mean? Like he literally. Like, oh, the, he literally I was st- stuck in a time. I was his. I was <laughs> yeah. the ghost. He was his own ghost. He was his own ghost. <laughs> He was his own ghost. <laughs> he, went, he, he went through the black hole and he became his own ghost. Careful. <laughs> careful going through those black holes. You might become He's pulling the ghost. strings of the, it, it making the dust, making the dust wow. be in a different place, Ty. <laughs> You're telling me in the infinite time and space of the universe, how was he able to find that bookshelf? Because it was calling to him. It was, it was fate. <laughs> it was fate, Ty. He okay, was his own gotcha. ghost. <laughs> Gotcha. It was magic. Okay. We just say it was magic and we could move on. Uh, but yeah, Christopher Nolan, shout out Christopher Nolan. Uh, Zack Snyder regains rights to blood and ashes script originally pitched as 300 sequel. Oh, damn. I, I, I did read something about this. 
So maybe we're getting another 300 movie. It will, it won't be called 300 because he doesn't. What's up with that? What's up with this? Why are we going through old Zack Snyder pitches and like, because obviously you have Rebel Moon. Did Rebel Moon come out yet? No, it wasn't, wasn't uh, 300 like a, like a graphic novel. Pretty sure. Uh, that sounds right. That really does sound right. So maybe so. he just wrote like a sequel and then was like, and then the company was like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Fair. Fair enough. But we'll, but we'll, we'll take your script and we'll keep it anyways. I mean, that's basically what he did with Star Wars, right? Did anyone yeah. ask him to write that script? <laughs> no, but he, but, but they didn't take it away from him. They just, they, he just like went back and changed all the names so that, or I actually, I don't even think that like they were going to be like known star wars characters it was just supposed to be like a different era like rogue one i guess rogue one is yeah it's more like like, the uh there's a new show called like the acolyte coming out where uh uh, it's set in the during the high republic era i'm pretty sure during the height of like the jedi and the sith it's got uh the dude from uh squid game in it the main dude from squid game and then uh it's got uh Manny Jacinto, who played uh, Jason in The Good Place, uh, so yeah, that that's like my most hopeful Star Wars project right now. I feel like because it is set in a different place and not directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I got to get back onto Star Wars eventually. I stu- I stopped um, I stopped watching like pretty much all star wars uh after the sequels wrapped up yeah and it's not anything with the sequels uh it's more just with the last jedi i just really not a fan of that movie uh and just the direction it went wait you're talking about the rise of skywalker no. rise of skywalker <laughs> i love the last Jedi. i like i said it in it so like i love the last jedi and i think it's set up like the third movie so well mm-hmm. but then because of backlash we got another jj abrams movie yeah and he just threw spaghetti at the wall took a picture and called it art yeah. and it was rough and it kind of just killed all the enthusiasm i had for star wars yeah. because i realized that it wasn't one, it wasn't like a creative thing. It was just purely based on what was going to sell the most toys, which it's like, that's the world we live in. Yeah, that's the world we Safest movie as possible, it felt like. We're going to bring back Palpatine. We're going to do all these callbacks. We're going to have this massive battle in the end. Uh, it's going to look like shit, and everybody's going to go home happy. Uh, and I'm sure some eight-year-old is going to go home happy, and then... 12 years we're gonna have a fucking resurgence with uh oh the sequels are so good uh bullshit that we got with the prequels uh based on nostalgia shout out nostalgia it's hell of a drug yeah uh but the last jedi is legitimately like the one good movie that like came out and everyone just shit on it like there's a reason why you go to like the last jedi what doesn't it have? Let's go. Uh, Trent, Trent's holding up like yep, a collector's My uh, my uh, steel book of the Last Jedi, the last oh, Star yeah. Wars I'll ever buy on a on a steel book because uh, <laughs> the, the Rise of Skywalker is dead to me. 
Uh, it's a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I guarantee that 91% it has on Rotten Tomatoes. It isn't Star Wars fans Star Warsing out. It's people enjoying it because it's legitimately a good movie. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that the backlash that was created by what feels like bullshit uh, really derailed what was going to be a really, really strong trilogy because Force Force Awakens is bland, but it's it's a good like palate cleanse. It yeah. got me excited about Star Wars again. It was like, oh, look at all these things. This is interesting. It kind of feels like I feel like it would have felt in the seventies when you like first found out, like, holy shit, he Luke Skywalker's father is Darth Vader, and yeah. like I was so into that. I was like, oh, who's Ray's? like parents i was like i was so into that yeah figuring that out and i was i remember being like oh i'm gonna be so bummed if it ends up being nobody but that would have been so much better <laughs> like, yeah then just like like trying to retcon stuff like saying that it's one thing and then being like oh people didn't really like that so we should probably we should probably change it <laughs> probably and <laughs> completely like finn's character my goodness yeah just like they they could have done so much more with him after episode seven uh th- there was so much yeah there was so much promise there it's gen genuinely like sad to think about i i guess this is what uh this is what the S- the snyder bros feel and i can sympathize with them here because like they felt like they were building to something with the the Justice League and stuff, and it got derailed by uh, tragedy, and that sucks. Um, but those movies aren't okay. I'll, I'll, I'll chill. I'll chill. I'll chill. Uh, Heinz ketchup. They're making tattoo stencils. Oh, okay. That's not movie news, but Where it's are they, sad. What like are they just going to be like on the inside of the label? Are they going to be on the inside of the on the inside of the lid? You know, be inside the ketchup. That is not a hundred percent clear. <laughs> uh, the, it's very like catchy advertising. They show, like, they kind of insinuate, like, "Oh, we're going to pay for you to get a Heinz tattoo," and like oh, that's what got me. I was like, "Oh, you're going to pay for it? I'll definitely get a Heinz tattoo. <laughs> Why not?" Uh, but then. You go to their website and it doesn't really have too much about that. It just kind of takes you to their shop where they sell like a a ketchup bottle costume uh, for $45, which is a pretty decent deal for a ketchup bottom bottle ca- costume, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, it was originally $99.99. Uh, but before I went on that rant, what I was saying is I need to get back into the Star Wars grind. Um, there's... Isn't there a Star Wars movie coming out? Uh, no. No. Okay. I, uh, I just no. There, there was that. there was a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie canceled. There was a Kevin mm-hmm. Feige Star Wars movie canceled. There was um, another. Uh, I think there was another canceled Star Wars movie, but um, I'm pretty sure they are planning to do a Ray movie with daisy ridley and maybe like a okay maybe like a future like a in the future oh yeah jedi rope in baby yoda have her have him be part of the the uh 
Grogu, have him be part of the academy and uh, train the new generation of Jedi. Yeah, I mean, I I will be excited for that just because, like I said, I did feel like for Ray's character at one point, uh, then obviously obvious, but uh, I that's one I'll definitely watch. I think that has some intrigue to it, and I think that's probably the things I'd be most interested in seeing. I don't really want to see more uh, backtracking. Yeah. I want something new in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and I and I understand that there's tons of stories to be told, but like I don't really need another like origin story of yeah. any of that. Like I know a lot of people were clam with Luke the Luke de aging looking somewhat decent. Uh they were like, Oh, let's get a Luke movie. Let's do a Luke yeah. movie. Unfortunately that might happen. Cause that the- for real? Yeah, because there's a because so all of these all of these shows so the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, uh, Book of Boba Fett, they're all supposedly leading to a movie, like a Thrawn a Thrawn movie, and like <laughs> people like they have uh, they have a de-aged Luke now. They have uh, they they experimented with a de-aged Leia and yeah. Uh, and uh they sure did they can uh i mean i'd hope that they'd use alden einrich but i I don't even really think i i feel like he's probably moved past that at this point yeah as solo um but uh, like oh i guess they did use a de-aged harrison ford for the for the indiana jones movie so they got all that they got all that all, all those uh models in the in the inventory <laughs> did did they kill Han Solo and Last Skywalker? Or did I imagine that? Uh, they killed him in uh, Force Awakens. Kylo Ren kills him. Right, 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 right. Didn't he show up again in the last? Skywalker? Oh yeah, he sh- yeah he yeah he shows up as like a Force ghost or whatever. Oh okay, okay. Yeah. That that man cannot escape Star Wars. I I have a theory that he's. Just acting till he dies to escape Star Wars. Oh yeah. Uh, but I kind of love this little twilight uh, of his career that he's got going on. It's very much like I'm gonna like lean into the the cranky grandpa thing uh, and be a little bit quirky with it. Kind of seems like he's I don't know has a bit more levity than he used to. Yeah. Uh, like in the 2000s, I feel like every interview thing i saw of harrison ford in early 2010s when all the sequels were coming out uh and rumored and everyone's like oh is han solo gonna be in it he sounded so pissed off yeah every single time (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh so i i like seeing him now he's got a little bit more pep in his step so shout out harrison ford can't wait to see him as the the red hulk yeah yeah i'm excited to see uh what he does next and uh excited to see what star wars does next yeah i disney has been struggling uh, it's I think been a the next thing that's coming out is andor season two so uh mm. hopefully hopefully that's as good as the first season because first season was uh some of the best star wars content that we've got in the last uh 
I'd I'd say right behind the Last Jedi. I'm uh I'm excited to to watch Andor um uh, eventually. I, like I was saying before I went on that uh uh Sky, Rise of Skywalker rant is uh, Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see like Man- Mandalorian season 2. I watched the first 4 episodes of Mandalorian um and I was like watching them when they came out mm-hmm. and I was like looking at the discussion and it was like episode 4 of Mandalorian that I decided, yeah, I'm just done with Star Wars and uh haven't watched anything Star Wars related since episode four of season one of The Mandalorian. And it wasn't like it was a bad episode and I was like, ah, oh, screw this. It was just uh I I do like to see like what communities say about things because I like having a pulse on that kind of stuff. It obviously mm-hmm. doesn't matter that much at the end of the day because you know money is a bit more important than like fans, but it all yeah. kind of culminates together. Uh, and it was just not fun. And I was like, ah, screw this. But I care a bit less now. I think I was, that was when I was like 18, 19, whatever. Um, so it'll be nice just kind of watching through it without a weight on it. Uh, cause I was just wanted the story to pick up when I was watching Mandalorian, uh, the first time. So I'm excited to do that. And we'll definitely kind of document that, uh, as I watch through them. Yeah. And, well, at the end of it, have a, a big old tier ranking of Star Wars projects and media that I'm sure will uh, be completely consensus and no one will disagree with. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I do want to say Rebel Moon looks like a Star Wars movie. It's like dog water. Uh, well, no. <laughs> uh, just like I'm looking at the poster right now and... I'm I I thought it was a Star Wars movie. Like well, Rebel it's Moon. Rebel Moon, yeah. It's called Rebel Moon. Like it, it Yeah, it most, looks like a Disney Plus. It, it it literally looks like a Disney Plus Mandalorian poster. Yeah. And that has to be intentional. Yeah. Like most 50-year-olds can't tell the difference between a PlayStation and a Nintendo Switch. They're not going to be able to tell the difference between Rebel Moon and Andor. Yeah. Like if I asked you, hey, which one's which one of these is Star Wars, Andor or Rebel Moon? Everyone's going to be like, oh, Rebel Moon. Yeah. I think I remember that Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, Rebel Moon. That was that, that had the second or third one, right? The one guy <laughs> in it. Yeah. Yeah. But, for sure. Yeah. Uh, have you been watching anything recently? So, uh, I've been trying to watch, uh, a movie like every day of December. So, uh, I've been on a grind. Calendar? Yeah, I've been on a grind. So I watched, uh, I watched Oppenheimer to, uh, solidify its place in, uh, my 2023 ranking, uh, which, which we'll get to, uh, later, in, later in the year. We'll have an episode mm. all about that. Yep. But uh, I also watched a movie that just came out called The Holdovers. It's got uh, Paul Giamatti in it. He's uh, he's a actor from uh, you might know him from such roles as uh, Spider Man Two or uh, or The Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, pretty sure wasn't he in Big Fat Liar? That <laughs> <laughs> sounds right. Paul yeah. Giamatti and Big Fat Liar. That just flows. So yeah, I'm gonna pre- say yeah sure. if. If he wasn't, he now is. So yeah. yeah. So uh, 
So yeah, it's a really good movie. It's uh, shot on film. Like it's all like 80s aesthetic. Um, even like the intros, they brought back the old Universal logo that was in like the first Jurassic Park movie. And uh, it's all like this old timey it's set in the it's set in the the 70s and it really feels like uh you know like your like your breakfast clubs your uh one of those one of those types of movies but uh it's a really They're charming so good at what, that what are you saying just like color filters and just like making cameras and lighting look like it did in the 70s and 80s yeah it's something that like like period pieces have always like missed the mark on just because it's like as advancements in cameras happen, obviously it's hard to like get that same look, but we're finally getting to the point where we could put filters on things to give it that look. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really convincing. Uh, there was another one movie that I watched that was similar. Um, I think it was the, the Madam web trailer actually is like a, it's like a period thing. Oh yeah. 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 Or, might be something something else, but they're getting good at it. Is my point. Go ahead. Was it the Was it the the Iron Claw? <gasps> yeah, it was Iron Claw. Yeah, we watched those movies like back to back. Check them out. The reactions on our uh, channel if you haven't already. I think Garfield came out uh, a little bit ago, and we have a Wonka up there as well. I'm sure there'll be more by the time you check. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Iron Claw, uh, the A24 uh, biopic of the Van, Von Eric brothers, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, they It is a period piece and it looks fantastic. Yeah. So uh, this, uh, The Holdovers, it was it was really charming. Really, uh, it was a really fun movie. It's, uh, it's about like this private school who uh, it's during set over Christmas break and uh, all the kids who like can't go home to their families for whatever reason are uh, stuck having to just like live at the school with uh, the teacher and the teacher got stuck with having to uh, be here over holiday because uh, he like failed some rich some rich student whose dad like pulled strings and made him uh, made the principal hate him uh made the principal's life living hell so therefore he hates the teacher you know um but uh it was this this actor this main this main kid his name is uh his name is dominic sessa and it's his first acting role and he's just absolutely incredible he's such a good actor uh he has he has some really good emotional scenes he has some really good comedic scenes and uh i think he just i think he just hits the nail on the head with uh with this this role and uh i'll be i'll be watching anything this man makes in the future heck yeah i think that's the coolest thing about just like uh watching movies and if you come from like the sports world i think it's a a fairly natural thing Uh, i love following like um like coaches or players um as they go to different teams and following like their careers Um, yeah you know outside everyone's got like their favorite team that they follow but there's also like you know just individuals that uh you like to kind of keep track on and i think that's a really cool thing uh with the entertainment industry and just how much access we have with stuff like imdb and uh streaming services that we're able to like keep up on these people uh and and that's super cool I, i see like randomly like if you look at certain actors you'll see they're in lists and it'll be like a list of someone made as like actors i'm following yeah. uh it, I, I think that stuff's cool um like you know me with or uh, our jeremy allen white fan club when the yeah. when the world finally knows who jeremy allen white is uh 
we're almost there. I think yeah. uh, being in a movie with Zac Efron, it's it's gonna we're next step, but we're not quite to to where he can be. Yeah, uh, he's like, he's like a meme right now. I feel like Bears got him in like kind of like he's in a lot of memes. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I feel like he's I feel like he's gonna break through, get one, he, get he's, a really big I, role. I think he's where Jason Momoa was uh, at Game of Thrones before Aquaman. Yeah, so he's like right in that level of like he's the meme guy because he looks interesting. Um, Jason Momoa was meme because he was hot. Uh, I guess they're both meme because they're hot. So yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> My favorite is the uh, one where he's just screaming and stirring the pot in the <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> That's the uh, that, uh shout out the we're talking about 2023 movies. Uh, I gotta double check that it's a 2023 movie. Uh because if you haven't seen it, oh it's 2022. Uh so it won't be on the list, but uh, I recommend if anybody's into like thrillers uh or just like finds like chef culture funny <laughs> watch the menu yeah it's on it's on hulu it's got anna taylor joy in it and it is like the super like exclusive restaurant thing uh that has like you know those really over the top dishing uh and there is some spectacular scenes in it <laughs> The best way I could describe it is it's like it it's like a horror movie mixed with knives out a little bit. It's got a little knives out in it. So it's fun. It's fun. It's nice. it, it's good. It's good. I I recommend watching uh the menu. I it does suck that it's not a 2023 movie and it can't be included on there. Um but I have a lot of 2023 movies to get through. I'm going to probably follow in your footsteps watching one a day as I try to at least get to all the ones that uh, I've been meaning to watch before the year's over. Uh, yeah. So expect some thoughts on things like uh, Blue Beetle I haven't gotten to. Oh, yeah, I got to watch Blue Beetle. Uh, I'll probably watch Five Nights at Freddy's just to give my thoughts. It was one of the major movies. Uh, and hopefully it's short. Oh, God, it's an hour and 50 minutes. Maybe not. Maybe I'll watch it on 1.25 speed like a podcast. Uh, and then uh, I wanted to watch Leo. I'm not going to watch the Winnie the Pooh movie. Uh, I watched Gran Turismo. That's a decent movie. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing nothing crazy. Asteroid City I've been meaning to get to. A uh, bunch of stuff. So. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, The Creator yet. It's from the, the director of Rogue One. Uh mm. Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Martin Scorsese movie that mm-hmm. just ke- that just came out today on uh, on not on streaming but on uh, video on demand. So I'm definitely gonna be checking yeah. that out. And Lady uh, Ballers, Lady Ballers, and uh, Napoleon, <laughs> Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon together. That's like seven hours of movie right there. Oh man, and I didn't even realize that Eighty for Brady came out this year. Oh damn! It came out this year. I, I never watched Eighty for Brady. Uh, if if you guys haven't noticed by the by this by the set, I guess you can't really tell because there's also a Jameis Winston. But uh, I'm, I am a Patriots fan. I uh, grew up watching Tom Brady, so I was interested to watch it, but it also sounded extremely boring. So I was kind of in a uh, crossroads there. But I'm gonna watch it. I think. 
Uh, but yeah, that is 2023. Not quite, but we got a couple weeks. And that is going to be our show. Uh, we're not going to leave each other off with movies because we got enough movies to watch between the both. Yeah. Um, coming up, we are going to be having uh, just some more edited content as well as that top 23 movies list. So if there's any movies that we didn't really say uh, outside of like the obvious ones like Barbie, Oppenheimer, um, any of those really big movies for the year. It's the only <laughs> two big movies of the year, right? Uh, feel free. Put it in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you and uh, make sure to like and give us a rating if you're listening on Spotify. That uh, definitely helps out a lot. Uh, and I'd really appreciate that. So thank you all for listening. We yeah. will uh, see you next week for another edition of the Variant Cast. Yep. You have a great one. Peace. Thanks, guys.